I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. Today, I want to welcome Red Balloon CEO, Andrew Crapusheta. Yes, apparently in French, it sounds a lot better, but he is a <laughs> longtime business leader, entrepreneur, and innovator in the technology industry. He has founded several successful tech-focused companies and is widely considered a global pioneer in the development and use of labor market data analytics, an industry he helped found over 20 years ago. Getting his start in Silicon Valley in the late 1990s, Andrew earned his reputation as a top gun for tech company systems, innovation, and problem solving. He moved to the inland Northwest in the mid-2000s when he served as the founding CEO of MC, now Lightcast, uh, featured in what brought market-changing innovations to uh, uh, how higher education corporations and governments approach labor market. In 2021, Andrew founded Red Balloon. It has quickly become America's largest connectors of employers and employees who prioritize a positive, a positive workplace culture free from the divisiveness of cancel culture mandates. Krapuchet is a frequent presenter at technology and business conferences and a frequent guest on Business and Technology News and Influencer Podcast. Andrew, welcome. Thanks for having me, Craig, and I'm glad to be here. So I I mean, I heard about you when you first started your business, uh, Red Balloon. Uh, I hadn't heard about you before. I'm uh, not necessarily from the same world that you are, but I heard about you when you started Red Balloon. And um, before we go there, let's let's go ahead and let's back up. So you, you were Silicon Valley. Right. Yeah. No. I so I grew up in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, uh, full disclosure: I never went to college. In fact, there's some argument whether I actually finished high school or not. And but I love to work, and I love to uh, build value for customers and build businesses. And so, as my friends were headed off to college in their parents' station wagon, um, I was uh, I knew how to code. I know how to lead people. As an 18, 19 year old, I was already traveling for business and I was driving my convertible Mustang. And I'm like, why would I go off to college? So I never got around to it. Um, uh, the good news is my wife is Dr. Crapuchettes and I'm sub GED Crapuchettes. Uh, but uh, I paid for her degree. So I feel like I get some credit for that higher education experience. So, but what was interesting is that when you're in the Bay Area, we had a successful business and then we decided we wanted to be a dot com. And so we took on $32 million of venture capital money. 
and totally changed our business, changed our mindset. And I saw this kind of transformation, not for the better, of an organization that was a successful little business that tried to be a really cool hip.com, ended up blowing through an enormous amount of money. I mean, I played some great rounds of golf in Japan and had I turned 21 with an expense account and all the things that are really fun, but we didn't use their money well. And lo and behold, that company went out of business. But I learned a lot of good lessons in the meantime. You know, something you said a minute ago that I really want to touch on, you said you never got a college degree. Um, I got two. You know, I got I went on, got a graduate degree, and I'm really wrestling. You know, if I had a uh, somebody growing up, I really wrestle about whether I would send them through school. I'm not happy with the product of universities these days. I don't think it's the same quality product that was coming out you know, a few decades ago. You know, and so for those that are listening, uh, Red Balloon is a you know a, a job hunting site. You know, it connects people looking for jobs with people who have jobs. And I'm just curious, from your vantage point, what's what's the importance of a college degree? Who should be getting college degrees? What what's your view of that land? Yeah, that's a great question, and I do think that this is transition. It used to be that an employer would use a college degree as some sort of indicator of hard work of a desire to finish things that they started, um, et cetera, which those are all good things. But a college degree, I think, has has turned into something very different over the last several years. And look, if you're going to be an engineer or you're going to be an accountant, I don't want to drive across a bridge by someone like myself who didn't go to college. I'd like them to know how to do the math to make sure that bridge is not going to fall down under my car. But the top degree for many years in America has been psychology. Um, and an undergrad in psychology is basically perfect training if you want to be a barista um, and have uh, minimum wage earnings for the rest of your life, uh, just to be really blunt and and harsh. Uh, that was the highest uh, unemployed degree in America for several years, even though it was the top produced degree. Uh, for many years, we were producing 100,000 graduates a year with an undergrad in psychology. And the reality is that that was not super useful for the labor market. A lot of businesses that I talk to would preference someone who doesn't have that degree in psychology. Now, if they have a computer science degree, if they have a mechanical engineering or civil engineering degree, or even an accounting degree where they've learned you know, uh, the, the basics of accounting, well, those are actually useful degrees because they're focused on a vocation. But um, And it's interesting because my oldest son, who does all the video work for Red Balloon, he's 19, um, he did one year at a liberal arts college, and next year he's planning on going off to Africa to go to African Christian University to get more life experience, to get more education. He cares more about education than the degree, which is, a, um, I think, a really good perspective. He wants to enrich himself as a person more than that piece of paper because increasingly employers don't care about that piece of paper unless you're in one of those specialized careers that I mentioned. You know, I had a, a professor, um, an English professor, literature professor, say that the purpose of a liberal arts degree is not to teach you how to do a specific task, but it's there to teach you how to do any task. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not in touch, closely in touch on what's going on with the universities, but do you feel like they're still fulfilling that that charter? Yeah. I mean, I would argue not. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, this is where maybe some of my political views come out a little bit, but I think there's a lot of Marxist uh, training that's going on at universities today. Um, and, and there's some good stuff as well, but I do think that when you have professors that are largely out of touch with how 
the labor market works with uh, the real world, they're not going to be training these students well. It's also kind of this interesting. So because my last business, I worked with a lot of universities and with community colleges and talking to some of the presidents and business managers for these universities, the dirty little secret of the university world is their business model doesn't work without a lot of people dropping out. Um, and that sounds huh. like what? That doesn't even make sense. But you think about the margin that they produce when you have a freshman class with 400 students and you've got a graduate student lecturing them. That's a very efficient delivery of a product with a very high margin. Whereas when you get to the senior class and you've got a professor working with a small group of 12 students, um, you are not making as much money. And so they've got a lot of tenured professors that like to teach their one or two classes and their business model basically breaks if they don't have a lot of attrition after this first year or two of very high margin education delivery. And so the fact that the business model has transitioned to that um, should be a, a moment for people to say, wait a minute, I wonder if the education is really what it used to be because they're just trying to make the business model work rather than the education. And I'm all for making business models work. But if you have, again, tenured professors earning six-figure salaries teaching one class, that's just simply not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can tell you from my experience, the incentive system is way, way off. It's yeah. It's not about how good of a professor it is. It's about how much money you bring into the university. For sure. For sure. So, um, so anyway, so you started in Silicon Valley and then you left. Yeah. You know, I got tired of traffic and being right in the middle of the Bay Area. Um, and, and it's funny because at the ripe old age of 22, I got burned out. I was working 80 to 90 hour weeks. I was traveling. I was in charge at that point of our technical sales for the West Coast and Asia. And so I was everywhere from Aguas Caliente, Mexico, to Tokyo, Japan, uh, to Seattle, down to San Diego. And basically, I was home on the weekends and working 80-hour weeks as a 22-year-old. And I kind of got burned out. I'm like, I need to change. This is not, um, I don't have a life. I don't have a girlfriend. What's the matter with me? So uh, I moved to Idaho because I thought I'm going to be a, a, an early adopter of the work-from-home uh, phenomenon. So I worked remotely for a year for that company. Um, and, and then they went out of business. So I was like, okay, well now I'm in Idaho. I have, uh, not a job and there's not a lot of great jobs in Idaho, like there are in the San Francisco Bay area. So, uh, I thought, well, I've been given skills and abilities. I should go make jobs because if I don't have a job, I bet other people don't have a job and they'd like one. They'd like a prosperous job where they can build a family, where they can actually go out uh, to dinner and go on vacations and not just subsistence living. And so, I kind of uh, was blessed to be able to start a whole series of businesses, everything from a 3D printing business that I ended up selling to Stryker Engineering uh, to a student information system business that I ended up doing a management buyout. I sold it to the employees so they could build their wealth. Uh, and then I built this economic data engine of MZ, which is now called Lightcast. And basically my theory on that was the amount of decision-ready information that is on your phone on where you should go to dinner, where you should go for a vacation, how you should get a mortgage for your house is enormous. But the amount of decision-ready information about that college career that we've talked about, like what classes should I take? What's in demand in the labor market? What skills should I achieve as a working adult that will give me the highest raise and will be have the biggest impact on my career going forward? Well, there really wasn't that information available. And so we built 
a labor market data company. We produced over a billion data points on the U.S. economy every single month. And we disaggregated the, the entire labor market to the level of skills, not just job titles. And we delivered that information to universities, to colleges, to large corporations who were making decisions about workforce planning um, and talent attraction and, uh, and chambers of commerce and economic development. So we were helping people be intelligent about what was happening in the labor market so they could make better decisions. And it was really cool. It was really fun. And we did projects ranging from helping the king of Qatar and Morocco build a workforce plan for the MENA region to helping the University of Idaho design a uh, a data science program. So um, it was a fun adventure and was able to build that business up and ended up selling it a whole series of times and then uh, left there about two years ago. Outstanding. Well, and, and now you're running Red Balloon. Yeah. What's Red Balloon and... What's the whole story behind Red Balloon? Yeah. So my exit from that business um, was not as clean and tidy as I uh, just made it out to be. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely had some um, some head bonks with the board, particularly around things, some of the social issues, whether it was around COVID or BLM or other things where we just were not on the same page. And they decided that I just wasn't the right person to lead the business, even though the business was growing 25% a year with a 40% margin. So they were uh, making an enormous amount of money based on the effort that I was putting in, but I didn't have the right social media profile. So, okay, what does that look like? Well, moving forward, what we ended up doing was um, I'm like, okay, so if I got canceled from my ability to uh, uh, work, then I bet there's going to be a lot of other Americans who just want to bring their whole self to work and be free at work. And I would love to be a connector of them, right? Back to like, hey, if I would like a good job, I bet other people would like a good job. So if I would like a job where I can be free at work, I bet there's a lot of other people that would like that as well. And so redballoon.work was actually, this is, uh, uh, you know, true confessions. It was actually a hobby job because I have a housing development. I have some commercial real estate. I already had a full-time job um, and I was going to take a year off after leaving my last business. Uh, but um, all of a sudden, the uh, my thesis of around freedom and um, whether businesses should have vaccine mandates um, was uh, controversial enough that I was in the news constantly. And lo and behold, we had thousands of businesses joining, millions of job seekers, um, and we were a connector of this whole industry. But as we've continued to grow as a business, and we're growing very, very fast right now, uh, we continue to be a traditional job board around freedom, which is great. But even beyond that, we're doing this interesting project for a lot of our businesses, where for a small business, it is a terrifying prospect to hire someone. Because if you ask the wrong questions in that interview process, you might get a lawsuit. But if you don't ask those questions, you might get a bad cultural fit and then get a lawsuit. And so a lot of the businesses that I'm talking to around the country are saying, look, I don't want to hire because I'm terrified of that. And can Red Balloon just take that over for us? And so now what we do is we come alongside these small businesses. We help them write a job posting. We post it on Red Balloon. We direct source candidates to bring to that business. Then we filter the resumes, give a professional response to those candidates, um, whether they're a fit or not. And then we actually do a first cultural interview to make sure the person is not only a skill fit, but also a culture fit for the business. So we go through this entire process. And instead of charging what a recruiter might charge, which is tens of thousands of dollars for this type of work, we, uh, because we're at the scale of a job board, we'll charge $3,500 or $4,500 
for a process where we're bringing you fantastic candidates at scale so that you can grow your business and avoid some of these significant legal ditches on the two sides of the road to a great hire. And so that has been enormous blessing to a lot of these small businesses. So Red Balloon is now a, a hybrid job board that is growing quickly. Um, and um, I can't tell you how much fun it has been to be running a business where I get these unsolicited thank you notes from perfect strangers who say, uh, I had no idea how important it was for me to be free at work because when I'm free at work, it has an impact on my marriage, on my family, on my community. Uh, and it's been really, really fun, Craig. You know, you said something there that just really, I think, needs to be emphasized. You know, for for those that haven't hired recruiters, recruiters are expensive. You know, a a good recruiter, at least in my experience, is going to take 30% of the first year's compensation. Uh, I get worried when I'm talking to a recruiter that's only interested in 20%. That's right. But But the really good ones, they're charging 30%. But they're not handling the legal issues. You're taking actually on a HR function. That's right. For somebody, this is somebody they don't have to hire in their business to to do. It's, I mean, that's just a tremendous value. Thirty, would you say thirty five hundred? Thirty five hundred dollars. And here's and here's my thinking on this: is I think the recruitment industry. There's some good people there, but there's also um, some people who aren't as good. I think it's ripe for disruption. Anytime you're charging 30% finder's fee for getting a new employee, and they might be someone you just found on LinkedIn 20 minutes earlier, um, and now you're getting a $60,000 check for that $200,000 salary, um, that feels like an industry that's a little bit ripe for disruption. And so that's what we're doing. Um, Because not only do I want to be focused on freedom, but I also want to be focused on great business practices that will help these small businesses. And I now have 3,000 plus small businesses across the country that trust Red Balloon for their hiring. We have millions of job seekers. And because we're at the scale of a job board, I'm able to deliver this value to these small businesses for only $3,500 or $4,500 for more senior positions, but still a fraction of the cost for a recruiter. And you know that you're getting a great hire when you go through this process. That that's just amazing. That that's absolutely amazing. So let me ask you if if I were, let's say, and I'm asking selfishly because I'm yeah, the gears are turning in my head. Uh so let's say I have a position open up. Uh I go to post it on Red Balloon. What's what's the process? What's it cost? What's all that? Yep. So if you just want to post a job on Red Balloon, it's as little as $75 a month. Um, If you're a small business and you want to also use our resume database of profiles, and these are all people, a lot of profile databases or resume databases on an Indeed or ZipRecruiter, they've scraped those and aggregated them. And some of them are five years old um, and they're not really engaged. Every profile on Red Balloon, they have signed a pledge that they're going to show up and work. They're not going to be a whiner in the HR department, but they're going to bring value to your business. They actually believe in capitalism. And so we have over 50,000 profiles of people who've raised their hand and said, I'm looking for a company that respects my values and allows me to work. So for $250 a month, you can have access to that database. You can post your jobs. Um, or for $75 a month, you can just post a job. Uh, and then we have a lot of larger businesses that what they'll do is they'll say, look, we're going to post all of our jobs. 
And then there's a couple of positions we want the red balloon team to run after. Um, and that's that process that I was just talking about our premium process where we have a white glove service, where we're going to say, okay, we're going to take these three positions and we're going to run with those, even though you have all of your jobs posted on redballoon.work. Okay. So what if I'm, what if I'm looking for a job? Um, what's the process for me? Yeah. So you go to redballoon.work. And you can fill out a profile for free because job seekers are in the most vulnerable position, um, whether they're stuck at a business where they just um, are not allowed to live their values out loud, or if they are looking for a job right now and they don't have a job. So that's free. Um, you can fill out your profile. You can upload your resume. And then we have a lot of really interesting resources that are all free for job seekers, like the Employee Bill of Rights where you can actually download the Employee Bill of Rights and know what your rights and your responsibilities are at your company. And so um, if you're a job seeker, you should come to redballoon.work, put your name in the profile database, and you're going to have great employers reaching out to you, looking for uh, you as their next great hire. Now, do I have to subscribe to a system of beliefs? Do I have to believe what you believe? Do I have to believe what somebody else believes? Um, what's, no. what's the deal? Yeah. Now we do ask that everyone, look, if you're going to come to Red Balloon, you need to believe that the Constitution still matters and is a good thing and that you're going to respect the freedom of other people in the workplace. So we don't have to all have the same belief system, but we need you to not jam your belief system down somebody else's throat. Um, and you'd be surprised how many people. So we get a lot of people that come through, whether it's LinkedIn or one of these other places, and we just tell them, hey, you need to um, uh, sign this pledge. And there's a big picture of an American flag in the background. And that filters out about 50% of the job seekers because they're like, oh, I don't want to be part of something like that. And the fact is that the American system of capitalism is the reason that we are all living in one of the most prosperous nations um, in the history of the world. And so we believe that uh, we should not be afraid of being Americans and of working hard and of respecting the values and being able to have a conversation with someone who has different values. Um, and I have, you know, everybody from Strive Financial, which is Vivek Ramaswamy's company on Red Balloon, to Children's Health Defense, which is Robert Kennedy Jr.'s company on Red Balloon. So you have, you know, the two sides of the political spectrum. But the reality is, as long as you believe in the constitutional rights of people to have an opinion and to be able to talk about that opinion, you're welcome on Red Balloon. That's that's good to hear. Uh, so uh, you, you've talked a lot about how you've exercised leadership. I mean, you've been I mean, I I'm shocked that you don't have VCs beating your door down, you know, begging to take their you know, begging you to take their money because I mean, you are what they look for. You know, you, your first startup was a failure. Then after that, you you know, you learned in the first startup and then you have successive, successful yep. exits. Um, and so obviously you've had an opportunity to experience leadership. What what have you learned about leadership? What does it mean to you? How's it changed over the years? Yeah. You know, leadership is is this interesting thing where there's things on your shoulders that you can't always share with people. You know, Ben Horowitz and his hard thing about hard things just talks about a CEO is someone you're at the top of the food chain at your organization. And, and there's certain things you just can't share with other people and you need to carry that burden. Um, but, um, you know, and and I've been blessed with a, a wonderful wife who is also my best friend and counselor. And so we are able to talk through a lot of the things that are, you know, you kind of grapple with as a leader in these organizations. Um, I tell my people whenever I've helped develop young entrepreneurs, when I've worked with people, um, 
that one of the most important characteristics of being a leader is stamina, um, because you need to be able to um, not give up, not go limp um, when a, an adversity or a trial comes your way, because people are looking to you. They're looking to you to define the narrative. So when something bad happens, okay, they're looking to you, okay, what does this mean? And if you don't have the stamina to say, okay, so we're going to identify this as a real trial. It's really hard. And here's how we're going to respond to that. That's what leadership is. And that requires a lot of stamina. And you can go home and you know be tired and sleep at night. But when you're a leader, you need to have the stamina to lead. Um, and, and I think that's where a lot of leaders kind of fall down when they, they don't have the stamina to say, this is, you know, bad things happen. They come along and you just got to roll the punches. And this is what it means. You need to define that narrative. So what about a time where you feel like your leadership was put to the test? One of those white knuckled moments where your your stomach's tied up in knots. Yeah. You're like, oh, crap, this could be the end of me. Yeah. Well, if you're a leader and you haven't had a white knuckle moment, you're probably not actually a leader uh, because that is just part of the part of the game. Um, it's part of the job description. So, you know, I, I'll pick on one of them. I had a startup that was um, going, I thought, well, um, but we were uh, tight on cash. And honestly, I had $100,000 payroll in two weeks and I had $10,000 in the bank and I had no funding sources. Uh, that's a pretty terrifying moment. Uh, and uh, by the grace of God, Lord, uh, the money came in, we were able to cover payroll. And I thought, man, I'd love to never be in that situation ever again. Uh, but in that moment, you need to say, look, we have a business model that we believe in. Um, the accounts receivable is there that this money should come in on time and you need to be strong and courageous for your people. And when you are, then people will continue to look to you for leadership going forward. But I'll tell you, those moments are going to come. And if you think that it's going to be easy to be a leader, um, then you don't understand leadership, but it is super rewarding, right? Anything that is very difficult and then you accomplish it is way more rewarding than something that was really easy and then you accomplish it. So, um, but that's that, that's one of many white knuckle moments that I have gone through as a leader. Well, thank you for sharing that. And the, you know, one of the, one of the themes of this podcast is people have made an impact beyond themselves. And uh, clearly you have, you, you're making an impact across the country for lots of people. You know, I do want to throw this out. We, we celebrate here on the, this podcast, we celebrate a diversity of events. You know, we had a guest the other day that I would guess is your political opposite. And I think more of what we need in America is more ears and less, fewer mouths. You know, we need to listen more sure. and engage uh, because you know what? I, it takes work for me to think of the person I can't learn something from. That's right. That's right. Well, and I would say even as a CEO, as a leader, um, I, I would tell my executive team, look, we can learn from the janitor. We can learn from the secretary. They have a point of view. I'm not egalitarian, but they all have a point of view that is different from ours. And you can learn quite a bit from people who just have a different perspective than you. So don't be so prideful as to think that your perspective is the only one that matters. Um, again, I'm not egalitarian. Uh, CEOs should be paid more than janitors, but they are going to have um, different perspectives and we should learn from each other. Um, I know that I learned a ton from my first private equity firm that bought my company. Um, I learned a ton from the strategic buyers that bought my companies. And then you end up moving on from those people. You've learned a lot and then you're going to go find somebody else who's going to 
um, helped your business grow to the next level, that's okay. Uh, but don't forget that you can learn from anybody. So I would, Craig, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Excellent. So how do people reach you? Yeah, you can go to redballoon.work. Um, it's not .com, it's .work because we think that work is a good thing. Um, it's redeeming to your soul. So it's redballoon.work. Um, and you can find all that information there. There's a blog where you can find free resources, the Employee Bill of Rights that I mentioned. Um, you can post jobs, you can sign up. And you can also follow us on all the social media platforms at Red Balloon Work um, and find out what we're talking about. We just finished an FEI, a Freedom Economy Index, where we surveyed over 50,000 businesses on what they're thinking of is the on the economy, on political issues, on their business and how they're hiring and how they're growing. So a lot of free and great resources there. Uh, and we would love to be a, a blessing to your business. If you're looking to hire right now and you need someone to come alongside and help with that process, give us a call. We'd love to help you. Andrew, thank you for being on Leaders and Legacies. Thanks for having me, Craig. Always uh, nice to see you and appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, yeah, and thanks everyone for listening. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making an impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com uh, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.